everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast conversation to share their secrets of thriving while living with chronic illness. Here's Nancy Becker. Hey, everybody. I am Nancy, and I am the founder and president of Invisible Entrepreneurs. One out of every two adult Americans lives with at least one chronic illness, often called hidden illnesses. The disability community is the largest minority in the world, yet instead of feeling included and wrapped in camaraderie, most of us feel alone, unvalued, and unworthy. We need doctors who understand us and colleagues and family members who believe us when we tell them something about our health. Just knowing the simple fact that we are not alone and still have much to offer can be life-changing. In this podcast, we share tips and strategies, knowledge and support. In other words, hope for those who are looking for resources to help them maintain a thriving, successful life and business. It's always good to know that that there are others out there that have dealt with similar challenges. And our guest today is going to share with us their history and what they've learned along the way. Welcome, Simone. Thanks, Nancy. I'm looking Pronounce your last name for me. I I didn't want to goof it up. (laughs) It's John Giordano, and that's why I go by Simone G, because it's a lot easier. I said, I'm not even going to try. <laughs> People can't pronounce Becker. <laughs> anyway, welcome to my show today. I'm so glad we were finally able to do this. We've been between my yes. having issues and you having issues. We've been back and forth for quite a while. So it's nice exactly. to finally get to sit down together and have a conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about what started this whole thing, why you are here, and let's just see where it takes us. Okay, sounds good. This is always like, how far back can you go? (laughs) My very first memories are one of waking up in the middle of the night, hurting to breathe, coughing, really bad and struggling to get out the hallway. And literally I can still picture my mom flipping on the hall light, swooping down and picking me up. I was three years old. And so I had lung problems as an infant on, and, you know, I remember her taking me out to the dining, to the kitchen and, you know, take getting the medicine and putting me back to bed. And that's kind of normal. Um, so you grow up not even thinking about a lot of stuff as, as things kind of expand and you start having the mysterious stuff happening and so forth. They're just normal to you. And so not positive, not negative, just normal. So anyhow, so that's kind of like a just touching base that, you know, my history goes back to infancy. Basically in 2008, I'd been in the corporate world almost two decades and I was in systems and IT, so I had conversions and you know, project product rolls out rollouts to 3,000 people and training and con- all that fun stuff. I actually was working in a conference room alone because I'd been in a bad accident <laughs> prior, and I couldn't manage to walk b- between the buildings. And as a result of that accident, all these other health conditions flared, and they kept going, getting bigger and bigger, but I was working and they just kept getting more and more unmanaged. Near the end, I I 
it was, I could hardly, it was just so hard to even walk 10 feet. Um, I would be falling asleep all the time, but working really hard. So when I say falling asleep, I don't mean sitting there napping. I mean, that dozing in and out kind of thing. Um, and just a, a cognitive, I, I just noticed everything, right? And, and listeners are going to understand a lot of that and have their own overlap and so forth. So I just wanted to get a coffee to get through the afternoon. So I can still, it was a sunny day in, in downtown Pittsburgh at a large bank and the, co- the coffee shop was one block away. I was like, just hope is something I have. <laughs> Sometimes it's strength, some it's a weak time, it's a weakness. Just get through the day and tomorrow will be better. So I got down to the street level and the next thing I know I could, I was just trying not to collapse. So traffic zooming by a pedestrian just kind of skirting around me. And I literally could not get one leg in front of the other at that point. And two coworkers came up to me and they saw me, which was a good thing, embarrassing, but good thing. And they they wanted to call an ambulance. I was like, no, 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 please. No, just get me back. Cause I was not probably like hundred feet or so from the building is all I made it. Um, and, and call my husband. Um, thankfully that's what they did because you know, if you have stuff going on, all the medical tests, the financial strain, and it just all adds up and creates another whole ball of stress and stuff when you just want to get by. <laughs> so my husband, you know, he picked me up and he's just like, why don't you just leave? I was like, what are you serious? I had not really considered leaving my career. My career was important to me and I knew he was right. And we talked and the next day I went and I gave my notice. (laughs) So that's how I, that was back in early 2008 that I left the corporate world. And yeah, um, I know there's a lot with the great resignation going on, individuals leaving and or considering leaving still. And hopefully some of the things, my experience that I share today can help in that transition because there were certainly things I did wrong (laughs) and maybe not wrong so much as they could have been done a lot better. As much as I was focused on my well-being, we still carry ourselves forward. We carry our habits forward. We carry our stressors forward. So there is a transition period. To, well, I to think it's important. Yeah, I think it's important too that for a lot of us, much of our identity is tied up into this career, this job, and mm-hmm. we feel less if we're not doing that day to day thing. And for someone to admit that this may not be the best thing for my health is hard. Yeah, it's really hard and you have to, and a lot of times we don't even get the opportunity to make that decision ourselves. We get Mm -hmm. fired because we can't do the things that we're supposed to do any longer for our jobs. So give you number one, give you a lot of credit for realizing it, for saying, okay, I'm going to do this and moving ahead. (laughs) Yeah. You just touched base on so much good juicy stuff there. (laughs) If you have your identity tied to your work, which most of us do, and it's actually one of the business boundaries that I teach now is you're not your illness, you're not your health, and you're also not your work, you're not your business. You know, we're a culmination of so many different things that create the richness. You know, those are only aspects of us. And when you start to think that way, it's less attachment. It's not necessarily easy, especially at first. But when you start thinking from that perspective, it just opens other doors to be honest with yourself first off. 
And then in conjunction with what you're saying about your identity being tied, our identity, it's just so easy to do. It, it, it's how it, it's just, we put so much work into it. We put so much passion into it. Even, even a lot of times if we don't love what we do, we still do. And, you know, we're, if you have those kinds of health challenges, these kind of visible challenges, chances are you're probably simultaneously, whether you realize you're not struggling with the concept that others might give a sense of you have a weakness. And when, when you can sense that, or when it's outright said to you, you want to try to show up strong and it might seem weak, but the thing is sometimes the, the most courageous thing to do is literally to do the best thing for you and your loved ones. And that's putting you first and that's standing up and having the courage to let go of things that have been important, knowing that there, you can have a vision for another path. It might take some time. It will take some time. <laughs> yeah. Rule number two, don't listen to all the gurus. You're going to do this in five days. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, talking about this, something just came to mind that I have never realized before, but it has had a major influence on my life since I was 14 years old. And I just this minute realized this. When I was 14, I was working as what they called a page in our community library. And I would put the books back on the shelf when they'd been, you know, checked back in and would arrange things and make sure that the shelves were in order. My issues started out all being feet issues and I've had problems Mm -hmm. with my feet forever, but I wound up having to have surgery to fix the problem that I was having with my foot at the time. Mm -hmm. I lost my job because they told me, well, if you can't walk properly, you can't do this job. And as a 14 year old, the damage that it did to my psyche Mm -hmm. was incredible. But yeah. so that, yeah. has, you know, that I'm, has yes. done a whole lot up here ever since then, but I never realized it until just now. <laughs> yeah. And it's so common to have, so have experienced so much stigma and over time it builds and builds and, and it's easy, common to carry shame and then self-doubt sneaks in and, and so forth. Yeah. I mean, I, I had different issues, you know, I used to like, I'm like, maybe I wouldn't make it to a birthday party because I got blood poisoning very frequently and you had to take care of that before, you know, got to the heart and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Walking, you know, I had trouble with walking, um, quitting, leaving track at 14, same age with the joints kind of stuff kind of really started slipping in at about 14, even 10 years old. Um, I used to get stress fractures every year trying with the fitness test <laughs> to run 50 <laughs> yards. Cause I couldn't, I ran, I, I, yeah. Um, so those mechanical issues. Yes. Um, the and they don't power. have, they don't have things in place that mm-hmm. allow for these differences. Mm-hmm. And it's yes, just... the invisible aspect. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a note on that is, to talk about invisible illness isn't to take away from anybody with visible illness, right. because there's another whole ball of like 
issues around individuals seeing someone in a wheelchair and talking to them like a little child, like they don't have, you know, full brain capacity, just all kinds of other stigma and assumptions. And so it isn't a better or worse than, um, but I, you know, I just want to acknowledge that. It's yeah, Yeah. it's totally different. Yeah. And you see so many things that are out there that do support the the visible disability. It's growing. It's growing. Yeah. Just in the last couple of years is growing, starting to grow exponentially, which is really important, which is sometimes why I think, well, maybe we're next. <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> Let's hope. But you know, that's and that's really what part of the show is all about yeah. is to try and reach twofold it's to reach the public to let the public know that there are these issues out there that they are Mm -hmm. important that when someone has a chronic or an autoimmune disability don't do the stigma don't do the crap that we get all the time but the other purpose of this is because people don't talk about these Nobody Mm -hmm. knows that anyone else has the same thing that they have. They feel like they're all alone. They feel like there's nobody else in the world that gets what they're going through. And it becomes questionable in their minds as Mm -hmm. to, um, is there something really wrong with me physically or is it mental or, you know, what is all of this, which sets off this entire spectrum of challenges Mm -hmm. that I want them to know they're not alone. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, millions and millions and, you know, you have diagnosed, you have undiagnosed, you have the multiple and it, yeah, it's in in all honesty, there is very few individuals with optimal health and well-being. (laughs) So, so, you know, there, if you have a lot of health challenges and chronic health challenges and visible health challenges, I truly, truly believe you can still or in spite of it, despite however you want to say, or in alongside it, have greater well-being than the typical person because the physical health is one aspect of our well-being. You have the spiritual, the social, the emotional, which is absolutely really key to focus on, especially initially. Um, and in your work and your learn personal development and learning. And I also include environment. So you have all these other areas to focus on. And when you focus on all those areas and bring those into alignment, yeah, I I think you can live a much fuller life, even if it's out of a chair or out of a bed sometimes as limiting as it might seem than someone imprisoned by not being willing to grow by not willing to take time. And I'm not, I'm not, this is not a statement related to diagnosed mental illnesses or anything. Cause that's the same kind of challenges we have. Yeah. Um, I'm talking about the healthy person who doesn't, who, who doesn't want to grow for some reason, there's something there, you know, and mm-hmm. there, I, I know so many people with so many ailments and chronic challenges who live fully and have such a compassionate Yeah, people, people look at me like I'm nuts when when they come up to me and they say, Oh, I'm so sorry, this happened to you. And I say, I'm not, you know, (laughs) sure, I get angry, I get frustrated, I get depressed. But if these things had not happened to me, 
I'd be way back there in my life. You know, I yeah. would, I've seen so much. I've learned so much. I'm able to support people now that I never would have been able to before. I have a much in many, many ways. I have a much better life now than I mm-hmm. ever had before. And I feel yes. blessed that mm-hmm. I was in a car accident. <laughs> that sounds really <laughs> crazy. Maybe not you're going to say, oh, I want to be, but you learn to make the most of it. And once you accept it, yeah. that's the that's the thing. Once you accept where you're at, that's where you get to start gaining that inner peace. Yeah. And uh, ability to go inward and stuff, but that self-acceptance is so important. And I, I see so much denial Yeah, and it's, I get it. <laughs> I get it. Trust me. Oh, seven, there are days. <laughs> seven years I'd approach a set of steps. It's not going to hurt today. And I'd be disappointed. I'd be like literally cr- sometimes crawling on my hands and these other times pulling myself up, but it's not, and then disappointed that it hurt. And finally I looked at those steps and I said, it's going to hurt this time. And I know it, and it's going to hurt really bad. And it was only pain, physical pain then. It didn't have any of the other quotes suffering alongside it. And it was, it's a lot less draining. Yeah. That's a silly example, but literally like seven years. But it's, it's life. (laughs) That's life, you know? And, And they don't have to be huge, big steps <laughs> you mm-hmm. know they can be little bit steps but, but yeah when, when you acknowledge that yeah and I get I get so tired of because I can walk it's just mm-hmm. I can't walk far and when mm-hmm. I try to walk it hurts and I fall down go boom <laughs> you know I get that I get that yeah yeah you know, so if I'm out and around I usually use my wheelchair, but I get frustrated because my husband has to put it in the car. He has to fasten it down. He has all this work to do, you know, and then we have to do it on the other side. And, And then when I'm in the chair, people either look at me like what, you know, what's wrong with you or, you know, they'll, they'll, ignore me and run into me. I was, yeah. um, I was at a um, hotel. You're experiencing both kinds of visible. You're experiencing the impact of visible and invisible. Yeah. With, yeah. In, in, with people. Yeah. Yeah. I was at a hotel a couple of weeks ago for a conference that we went to for my husband. He's, he was in the Marine Corps and it's a, it was a Marine Corps lead conference and beautiful hotel. I mean, top notch, expensive as all get out. <laughs> And you would go into this room, into the, you know, into the hallway of the hotel, marble floors on one side was where the hotel rooms were on the other side, the meeting rooms, the restaurants, all of that. And in the middle, there was a bar and there was a piano and they were playing piano music in the evening and people were ballroom dancing. I had literally two women almost land on my lap because I couldn't get where I needed to go because they were dancing, you know, they weren't paying any attention to me. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I get really frustrated and I say, why is this happening? Yeah. But then I have stories to tell. (laughs) Well, tell us (laughs) how you have, you've, you've told us your history about what's happening tell us how you've actually gotten to 
the point of being mentally so well-rounded with everything, what you're doing, how your business works with people. Give us that whole story. Okay. Um, I think a few things. I'm, I've always been introspective. It's just my personality. Um, but when I left the corporate world in 2000, early 2008, you know, I was, wanted to spend at least six months focusing on my well-being the best I knew how. And um, so then I started my business and a couple of things like I, the first business I started was not even something I liked. I actually was a little embarrassed of it, but my criteria, because I wanted to protect my well-being and put myself in a place where I could heal the most I could manage the most, most and so forth. So I essentially was doing Early, and this is a wonderful career. There's so much need for this right now. And it's a, I think it's a great place for people to be. Um, and then looks around it have changed. And that basically is an early virtual assistant. So I was like, what could I do if it's two in the morning and I could work for two hours? Because at the time, mornings, mornings were rough. I was struggling to dress myself. Um, I was just so groggy, you know, just the, my processing skills and the more, you know, were just like to even get an outfit out. I couldn't get more, more than two, like get a pair of socks, bring them in, get a pair of shoes. I couldn't do both simultaneously. That's how off my, my, my functioning was at the time. Yeah. Um, so, but I, you know, focused on my well-being. I focused on starting a business that I could set a lot of boundaries around, limiting the type of work, limiting um, the type of client, you know, working with the type of client that would give the flexibility. So certain industries, I knew real estate wasn't going to be an industry I wanted to be involved with, you know, those quick turn, you got to be on call, sounds flexible, but no, it's not (laughs) flexible is 24 seven. So and as I started to heal some more and learn how to manage things better, and, um, and get some help, I, I grew and I grew a little too much. I took on too much for where I was. So I had to shut down for three months. I did it again. <laughs> and my fourth year in, I thought I had this nailed. And actually, it's probably about the third. And actually, this SBDC uh, consultant reached out to me that Duquesne University was looking for um, someone to do. De- develop and deliver training. And so I went and I gave a presentation, they liked it, and they hired me to do that. And it was four full day presentations of work that I created. It did me in, I was doing that on top, it was like, because it's like, what a great opportunity. How can I pass this up, you know, credibility, da da da. And so that is something that I really encourage individuals to focus on. Sometimes an opportunity can be amazing and it seems like it's going to shift your career and it's going to get you where you want to go. But you really, before you say yes, say yes to yourself and maybe it's a great move. Maybe it's not, but take, take that opportunity to, before you commit to really think it through and then probably double the time you think you need to spend on something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, so in conjunction with that, and I had gone to a sales consultant who I wanted to hire to sort of up level my clientele. And what I mean by up level is to a higher level of work. Mm-hmm. Um, type not, so not the clients themselves. I've, I've always been fortunate having really awesome clients to work with. Um, and 
after an hour meeting, he sat me down at this little round table and he points to a poster on the wall that has a triangle and he goes, mind, body, spirit, your mind and spirit are great. But until you learn how to take care of your body, your health, you're never going to achieve the success you desire. I, <laughs> I was like, it. wow, he wouldn't take my money. Um, so talk about like ethics. He would not take like about $10,000, to be honest, it, it was wasn't an inexpensive program. So that is one of the kindest things anybody in the business world has ever done for me. And he recommend I shut down for uh, six months, it ended up being a year. So I reached out to a peer, talked with my husband that night, one of those conversations again. <laughs> and we talked about the pros cons, and I um, reached out to a peer then to, um, to take over all my clients so that they were well cared for. And then I shut down for what ended up being an entire year. And that's when I fired everybody. <laughs> so when you talk about being well-rounded, you know, that, that pyramid comes to mind, mind, body, spirit. I include more aspects than that, but it, it really is about the journey of taking care of you. And, and one of the things, the way I look at it is almost, and I say this out of total respect for somebody in recovery with alcohol addiction or something is every day matters. I wear this bracelet just says Simone G lives. It's a reminder to be grateful for every day um, and okay. to not be afraid to be grateful. And it's, it's our everyday actions that we build upon. It's not just looking at the future of, I want to live that way. I want that kind of lifestyle. It's okay. Yes. If you want to bring more balance into your life, what can you do today? If you're just thinking about it and not taking action on a daily basis, making every day matter, um, being that consistency, that commitment, it's, you know, it, it's any, anything in life. That's why there's so much yo-yo dieting and everything. It, it's, you have to shift at a deeper level to support yourself on all levels so that you can be there for your kids and your business and your partners and your community and whatever your passion is. I so, love it. I love it. So that's what you do now is you teach people these things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I actually still have my marketing business. I've had it since 20, I rebranded it into a, my, a business into a boutique marketing business in 2013. So my fifth year business, I opened a shop for hands-on training and all that where we would really go in depth. And um, I grew that, grew that, um, that it's done well for me and so forth. So what I, in 2017, it was opportunity came to caregive for my dad and I wanted to be there. I wanted to lean into it experience it and so forth. So I pulled my business back in half and my husband and I were primary caregivers with my physical stuff. He was more the hands-on, you know, and so forth. Um, and um, so I like to say that that caregiving experience, which was inspiring and peaceful, it was a very positive experience in my life that his gift to me was the life lessons that all that matters is the impact we have and the love we share. Yeah. And I've always been very private, 
trying to hide my health challenges because they're seen as weaknesses. <laughs> I want to be stronger. I want to deny. I want to pretend. I want to push through. Yeah. And that's is all the progress I had made that was like another whole level. And I'm sure in, there's always going to be new levels for us to grow. As much as we grow, there's always like more in a good way. We moved, we moved back to Washington, DC. I, we've lived, I'd lived in Washington for about 35 years. And we moved back to Michigan in 2009 to take care of my parents who were mm -hmm. in there at the time were in their late 80s. And, you know, I just that was the biggest privilege of my yes. life. Yes. To be able yes. to take care of both of them until they passed away. But, mm -hmm. you know, it was it was an incredible thing. And to see the gratitude and love and appreciation mm -hmm. of them to us, because we didn't have to do that. We did it because oh, we what? wanted to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was fun. We got to go places. We got to <laughs> do things. And, you know, they were my best friends. I absolutely love yeah. doing it. So I That's know awesome. exactly what you're, I know what you're saying because we did the same thing. So, yeah. And I think these kinds of conversations can help there, you know, look at aging as a different perspective too, along with health challenges, because, you know, we're all going to be, you know, we're all, we're all getting um, older. <laughs> Which thank goodness, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, so, so in that lesson, I knew I wanted to serve in a new and additional way, but to do so, I had to find a new level of courage and dig deep to do that, which meant coming out kind of with. All, all kinds of health challenges. And I couldn't, it got to where I couldn't hide it. I was being seen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I used to run my business out of bed for months at a time. You know, I, I couldn't look up for 11 years. I was never supposed to be able to part years where I've hardly used this arm or, or either, you know, e even. And so that's several things going on. So we're like, that I truly believe the world is a better place when we all contribute our gifts. And there's millions of people underemployed, not employed, on disability or struggling to share their gifts because of a lack of support, a lack of understanding, so much stigma, so much unmanaged health challenges, and any little piece I can do there to help other individuals learn how. To, to be able to, to create that lifestyle, to create that business that they can share their gifts. And it doesn't have to be this huge business. You know, they're, they're, it, it, it depends on where everybody's on their own journey. Like I said, I started out doing support work because I knew there was entrepreneurial skills to learn and that I was still helping other business owners do what they wanted and share their impact. So in that indirect way, I was getting to do that. So that's how it came about <laughs> in conjunction with, you know, when I think about the years and years of physical therapy, all the, um, when I mentioned about firing every all my doctors various times, you know, putting together my own team. Uh, so I talk about the dream team. 
uh, I, you know, I'm revamp my dream team, occasionally grow it, shrink it just wherever I am. And so it, at certain key times, it's been like Pilates based physical therapy. It's been a yoga therapy class where there was only a few of us in there getting hands-on instruction on our own custom needs. Um, that kind of stuff, you know, a mentor, you know, around business, there's just spiritual, whatever, wherever your needs are and switching up that, that dream team to help you grow, to help you further, to help you share your gifts to the world yeah, is one of the key ways it is. And I think, but I think the, the, and I don't quite understand this, but I think it's really important is we need to be able to open ourselves up to the ability to do those things. You know what, you know what I'm saying? So often, so often it's going back to, there's nothing wrong with me. You know, I'm going to just push through, push, push, push (laughs) when you start. And I, myself, you know, have had major problems opening my mind to think, well, maybe, maybe a different diet will help. Maybe taking, Mm -hmm. you know, vitamins will help. Maybe doing yoga will help. You know, I, I, I'm into this. You've got to do what the doctors tell you. And I know Mm -hmm. that that doesn't work, but it's, it's allowing myself to think that there might be something to a lot of this alternative. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm, what I'm saying? I, oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Um, I don't normally share this. However, um, when I left Pittsburgh, <laughs> I was in bad state. We moved to Florida um, in 2016, I came December of 2015, spent three months to, to start to heal at the time. I was struggling to walk 10 feet again, uh, grew my business. <laughs> and, um, thankfully it's been years since, but I didn't lose my business at the time. I didn't have to shut down. I had the right processes and systems and everything in place to keep going and keep my business sustainable through that challenging period of a uh, several months kind of thing. And that's what, that was different. Um, so we're always growing, we're always creating better situations for ourselves. But, um, so I stayed in Florida and I went from struggling to be on the phone 10 minutes and needing the rest of like a few hours off (laughs) and, um, struggling to walk 10 feet to walking three miles a day and swimming. I went back to Pittsburgh and within seven days, I knew I was going to be heading to the hospital um, with the next day. And my jowls were literally out like this. And I was struggling to talk. I was struggling to walk and I popped a plane of the hopes of avoid. And all I could do then was get, thankfully my parents were down here and I was able to get oceanfront and just struggle out there. And just, it just felt like I couldn't walk a quarter mile at this point, even though I'd just been walking three miles but the ocean air just felt soothing to like rawness is all I can explain. Um, and I, a uh, friend of the family's down there and I, he was like, I think I was in shock. I'll be honest. He was like, so what are you going to do? I'm like, I don't know. Are you going to, what are you going to do? Can you live in Pittsburgh? I don't know. Finally, I'm like, no. So what are you going to do? Move. And he's like, mm. so I hopped in the car, called my husband from Publix parking lot, a thousand miles away. And I said, we need to talk. He said, we need to move, right? He said, I said, yes. And that was it. (laughs) 
we moved to Florida and got near the ocean to support my lungs. And that has, I've been doing phenomenally better with that. So sometimes, you know, hopefully you don't need a big, big change like that, but it was being curious. Um, Oh, and what I wanted to say was right before then, I was told I had to have major reconstructive stomach surgery and have major portions of my stomach removed. Um, I don't even recall all the reasons why I left and never looked back. <laughs> I don't recommend that. Nancy doesn't recommend that. There's no liability here. That was my personal decision. <laughs> For anyone listening, <laughs> legal, legal clause there. Do not, I do not recommend that to anybody. That's what I chose to do. There was other things that going on that were a lot harder for me to manage at the time. However, I started working with a doctor here on my stomach and I never had that stomach surgery. And I started being able to benefit from the foods I was eating and get the nutrients. And my health started improving drastically. And I started having people on the phone. Who's this again? Well, you don't sound like you. We have more energy in your voice. (laughs) Clients of like five years didn't recognize my voice. Um, I had people saying, wow, you look really good. (laughs) You know, it's just a, uh, so that really, for me, I use an integrated approach with doctors Um, but it did my biggest improvements with a lot of that did come through working with an alternative doctor in conjunction with, and looking at my body more holistically and my health more holistically. That, that theme changer. Yeah. That theme comes through constantly. I have Mm -hmm. had four conversations earlier today. So talk about being exhausted, (laughs) but every single one of them was talking about alternative medicines, alternative Mm -hmm. holistic and how once they had gotten into that journey Mm -hmm. that their bodies had started changing and they Mm -hmm. felt better and life was easier for them. Mm-hmm. But that brings up a whole new frustration for me because most holistic alternative medical practitioners charge a lot of money mm. and they don't take insurance. So sadly, people who really need yeah. their help can't get it because yeah. they can't afford it. And that's very true. Yeah. Yeah. Um I guess, you know, I, I don't know the answers to this, but I like functional medicine is very, there's a lot of similarities. So, you know, looking for optimal health versus normal blood test results, because they keep shifting what's considered in range based on the average American, which is getting Mm -hmm. less and less healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So, so uh, a functional medical doctor is going to look more at the optimal and more system systemic wise. So I don't know. I'm, I, um, I think the prevalence has increased a lot. Um, so that's, if I were not to be working with my doctor, that's who I would be looking to within the reg conventional medical system personally. Yeah. Um, well, I think that's one of the things that we're trying to do with invisible entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. is to create 
more of an understanding and try to, to figure out and, and get legislature or whatever we need to in order to get these doctors mm-hmm. to be cost effective and have people be able to go to them because that really seems yeah. like one of the big things that people are responding well to is this yeah, whole it, systemic it you know not yeah. just not just i have crohn's so they're going to look at my it's, stomach yeah. and they're going to fix that but oh by the way oh, I also have something else <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. by the way, I also have diabetes and yeah. the metformin that I take for my diabetes is adler- adversely affecting the Crohn's that I mm-hmm. have. But this doctor looks at this, this doctor looks at this and yeah, you know, they don't. The holistic that. approach and holistic is a funny word anymore. It means so many different things. So right there, like what comes to my mind is the holistic approach right there. Um, so I, I think for anyone listening is just to be aware that holistic can mean all kinds of different things. So, so I, I do think it's important to work with individuals, teams, doctors, healthcare professionals, anybody in a way that's aligned with your beliefs and your values. Um, so let holistic mean to you what it needs to mean to you. And if somebody else's definition of holistic isn't what you consider holistic, it's okay, just move on. <laughs> Amen to that. I think, <laughs> and unfortunately, we've gone well over our time. I could I could keep <laughs> talking for hours. This is a fascinating conversation, but I'm going to have to wrap it up. <laughs> so, thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate you being with us today, and I appreciate you, Simone, for being with us and sharing all this wonderful information. It's really, really important to people hear what you had to say. Um, do you have something going on that you would like to share with us, something in your marketing business, something that you want us to know about specifically? Um, I guess um, one quick tip would be, you know, setting boundaries around your business. You know, we tend to think about boundaries in, rela- in relation to relationships and setting me time and so forth, but re- around your ba- boundaries around your business to protect your well-being around your the time clients spend with you, how quick of a turnaround and and what your business means to you, to your identity and, and so forth and scope creep. And that is a great starting point for managing your business in a way to protect your well-being. And as far as sharing anything, um, I do have, there's a five page, seven page, I don't know, 10, maybe it's 14 pages. I forget guide for adding the first person to your dream team in a aligned way. That's going to give you the most value. And you can go to balanceupyourdreamteam.com. And then my website is simoneg.net. So again, that Simone, G is in george.net. And there's a lot of blogs um and, and and so forth and information up there we will definitely put that on the show notes everyone so you don't have to worry about writing it down mm-hmm. fast here we'll we'll have it there for you and to wrap things up often after a podcast people want to know more about some of the things that we're doing at invisible entrepreneurs and if you'd like to hop on a Zoom, my contact info is also in the show notes. But what we're looking for right now are people to advocate, to share this podcast, to let other people know that chronic disease is real and that people who have different illnesses 
are real. And when they say things like, I don't feel good, they're not making it up. You know, it's so we're looking for people basically to share this, other people to jump on the podcast, share their stories. And right now we're doing some fundraising. So if anybody is interested in giving a donation to Invisible Entrepreneurs, you can go to www.invisibleentrepreneurs.org. We're happy to take whatever you want to give us. It all goes to wonderful people trying to support themselves in their lives. And these business owners are looking for support, guidance, accountability, a bit of training, and a lot of fun. So we're there to help them. And if you would like to get involved, please just send me a message. Until next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I look forward to sharing more information with you in the next show. And until we talk again, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, y'all. Bye-bye.